Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're doing a behind-the-curtain episode. We're going to talk all things birthday, big, sad, the future of Enneagram and Coffee, being called out on the internet, and the passing of feelings. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. My rose for today is the way it feels to have a 50 or a 60 degree day in the middle of winter. I live in North Carolina, and so that means we have a pretty mild winter. Sometimes we get really, really cold and we get a good snow, but other times we have, like yesterday was a 63 degree day, and I just think it's so nice because, you know, a 60 degree day in the middle of the summer feels frigid. But a 60-degree day in winter feels like spring, and I'm here for it. Um, Today, I'm in my office, and I was able to even just leave my door open for a little bit today, and you don't have the bugs from the summer, but you get the warmth. It's just definitely my rose. My bud is, um, you know, I wear makeup like one day a week because I'm maybe filming or something like that, and today is that day, and I just cannot wait to go home and wash it off. (laughs) just don't like the way it feels to have on my face. I don't know what it is. I just want to touch my face and like scrub my eyes. Um, so I, it's like my favorite part of the day to go home and wash, wash all of this off. And my thorn is I think being a seven and quarantine. It's just a little bit real for me this week. I, had my birthday and I struggled all week to find things to do for fun because I've already been doing like all of the fun things I knew how to do for fun in our current circumstances. And so it's kind of like, there's not much more to discover. And in a way that's awesome, right? Like, cool. I'm living a pretty like happy life considering the circumstances, but when you want to make a day feel special, what are you going to do? I don't know. I couldn't figure anything out. It was a real struggle for me, Um, which brings me to our first topic for today. Kind of what's going on behind the scenes over here is, is the birthday big sad? I want to talk about it. So I'm kind of one of those people who's almost always sad on my birthday. I did a bit of research and it turns out it's like a whole thing. Like there's a lot of us, they call it like the birthday blues. And I think for me, it's kind of different for everybody. So I think there's one element, which is what we've talked about so far this week, which is the expectation that this day of all days be uniquely remarkable. And obviously most days can't live up to that. And then I think there's the second piece, which is the pressure on our loved ones to show us that our existence matters, especially, you know, like today I'm looking for evidence that you are glad that I exist. And if that evidence does not occur, then what does that mean? Number three is I think there are some of us who, and this is not my problem, but I know there are some of you who get nervous to be seen or maybe are uncomfortable with being the center of attention or don't know how to receive love and help. And that can bring up a lot of feelings and emotions and anxiety. And then 
I think for me, uh, I had such a good day on my birthday. Um, yet the sadness was like still there. And as a seven, of course, I'm naturally uncomfortable with that, but I'm trying to, to not be too freaked out by it. And I would say that I, I sevened out, right? Like I just kind of went full on like ah, panic mode, meaning I let my personality structure take over a bit, desperately clinging and seeking to escape my feelings. And my husband, who is a four, who is just so lovely, he sat with me and he was like, there is kind of just a natural morning that happens on our birthday. And I liked that as an idea. Like, yeah, it is just kind of, it's a turning of seasons. You know, there's sometimes a little bit of a, there's a tiny death there. And a lot of my work in 2020, and I imagine a lot of yours as well, has been embracing the flow of events, allowing myself to be taken by the current instead of fighting desperately to be the one in control. My natural approach to a bad day is to put on my positivity belt and fix the thing. But what if I just let the sadness flow? I played with that on my birthday, just held both and the deep gratitude for everyday life, everything that people brought to the table that was kind, and then also the sadness. And whether that sadness was about the passing of time, the unmet expectations, or even just unexplained sorrow, it was all okay. There was no judgment needed, no fixing needed. In fact, the turmoil was created by the need to control my own experience and make it something otherworldly versus just being present with the beauty of what was. So that was my big birthday sad. <laughs> Let's talk about the future of Enneagram and Coffee for a second. So we've talked about this before, but we're beginning kind of a slow pivot on Instagram. I'm pretty nervous about it, but also excited to be stepping more fully into what feels like purpose to me, especially after my time reflecting on my birthday, really thinking about what I want for my 35th year. And, and for me, it's really about stepping more deeply into purpose and also living a more simple, uncomplicated life. So the pivots taking place on Instagram and putting more of my focus on the podcast are major steps in that direction. So I'm going to change the name of the Instagram account from Enneagram and Coffee and really just go all in on Enneagram and Coffee being the podcast. And I'm going to talk about other things besides the Enneagram. Eventually, it's going to be a slow pivot, but it's happening and it's terrifying. But also deep, deep down, I know it is the exact right thing. All right, our next topic is the topic of being called out. So let's basically just meaning like if I see something on the internet that someone feels is offensive or if I see someone being offensive on the internet or if someone and someone I love to follow and their values don't align with my values, kind of how do I feel about this whole thing, this whole cancel culture online? This is something I've wanted to discuss for some time, both being called out and calling people out in the name of social justice or, you know, things going on with quarantine. So I'm going to share with you kind of my unfiltered thoughts and opinions and uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so I'll start first with being the one called out. I've been called out several times, like things that I just didn't know, like I didn't really understand the original story of Pocahontas. And I did a collab with someone and I shared a Pocahontas image. And I, I just like genuinely didn't know the story. And through the experience of publicly sharing it and being called out on it, um, I learned how 
awful it was. Um, in the same way, there was another kind of round of kind of things in attempt to have representation of, you know, Native cultures, things were shared that felt offensive. And I learned through that process what was offensive and what wasn't offensive, things that I just didn't know. And um, in the same way, or in a similar way, I used to have monthly mantras on Enneagram and Coffee that have recently changed to monthly affirmations because um, I just didn't realize that mantras was kind of like this co-opted idea. Here's how I feel about the process of being called out. First of all, for me as a person, it's embarrassing and it kind of ignites my ego. Like my, I wish that my first response was like, oh, oops, <laughs> I'll change that. It's not. Usually I'm like, I want to defend myself. I want to be like, I'm a good person, <laughs> you know, or I get embarrassed and sometimes our embarrassment turns into defensiveness, right? And so my first reaction is usually something I keep really private between like me and my husband. Um, I get kind of combative or I feel embarrassed and therefore protective of myself. And I have to really breathe through that. I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine and she is also a public figure of sorts. And we talked about you know, what it feels like to be called out. And she doesn't really experience that. She's like, no, I'm just like, I just want to love. She's a two. And she just like wants to love and she's super open and she's really well adjusted. She's a therapist. <laughs> That's just not her struggle. I will say for me, that is not me. Like I get defensive privately. That's just my private experience. But I value the feelings of humans and I want to do the least amount of harm. And oftentimes it's at very little, if no cost at all to me, to make an adjustment or to change my behavior. Like, for example, the mantra versus affirmation conversation literally costs me nothing to just change the word mantra to affirmation. No harm to me is done. No struggle, no problem. Easy pie. Easy as pie. So I can just make the adjustment because, again, I want people to feel safe and I want them to know that they're valued. And if someone says to me, hey, this message that you're sharing tells me that I'm in value, I'm unvalued or that my existence doesn't matter, that isn't the message I want to send, right? That's not the truth of how I feel. And so it's an easy change for me to just edit the things that I need to edit and love the people well. <laughs> Um, and finally, you know, it's, I aim to be in alignment with my values. So I'm not going to do that for everything, right? If someone is like, Hey, I don't like that you cuss. I don't really care because that's not a value of mine, right? I don't aim to make you comfortable with how I decide to speak because it makes you feel some kind of way. I already did that whole thing, right? But my values in human rights, my values in representation, my values of, you know, Black Lives Matter, my values that um, all people deserve love, these things, if, if the calling out that's being done aligns with my values, I will show up, right? even if it costs me something. Sometimes, it, most of the time, it costs me nothing. Now, my presence online and how I approach standing up for what I believe. For me, when it comes to social media activism, it's important to me that it is always clear where I stand, right? So if there's a movement going on 
and or like something major happened in, in the news, I will always put a post up acknowledging where I stand because I don't want anyone to question where I am. Right. I want to make sure like my pronouns are in my bio because I want people to know that their pronouns matter to me. Um, Black Lives Matter is in my bio because I want people to know that their lives matter to me. I have a rep- I, you know, I make sure that there's different kinds of people in everything that I do. And there is always a post. If something occurs, I make a post because I don't want you to question where I am on the issue. Now, it's way more important that I do more in private than I do in public right? I would rather donate more money, more time, give more of my energy to the causes that matter to me in private than you ever even know about. I want to act, my activism work is not on the internet. My activism work is in my life, right? It's in my policies that I have for my employees and my programs. It's in the way that I behave in private. It's who I stand up for and who I stand up to. And it's having the really hard conversations with my friends and my family and actively intentionally altering the way that they view the world through thoughtful, considerate conversation. Now, I just don't try to do this with people on the internet. I cannot have this conversation with 600,000 people in a productive way. I'm pretty cut and dry about if our values don't align, I'm not here for you. And that's okay. You know, there are plenty of people who do what I do who are here for you. And and I'm not here for it. I don't respond to your DMs if you're trying to debate me on an issue. Because the reality is, it's kind of controversial, but it's honestly not saving anyone's life that I do that. And it's also not emotionally feasible for me. It just really, truly isn't um, mentally well. I cannot be mentally well and responding to all 600,000 people about their unique feelings about an issue and actively doing active like work in the background um, to actually change systems and laws and, and donate time and money to the issues that matter to me. So I do do this work with the people that I have actual relationships to in real life. Um, I do not do this work with strangers on the internet. All right. That's kind of my like cancel culture being called out conversation. And also when someone I value and respect isn't living up to my value sets, there are a couple of things that I do. I call them in, meaning I invite them into the work. I invite them into awareness and just kind of assume they didn't know, right? I go, hey, just a heads up, that thing that you did is super offensive. I'm assuming you didn't know that. Here's your invitation to kind of redo this, you know? And then then I watch and see how they respond. If they go, oh, shoot. Okay, sorry, my bad. Let me go ahead and like apologize, make edits to that everyone's invited into the work, right? I don't want anyone not feeling like they can do the work. Now on the flip side, if they go, I don't care, I don't care about you, I don't care about this work, <laughs> whatever, I'm done, right? Like I don't I don't need to give them my money or my time or my attention or my platform. And that's kind of where I stand. Now, today's food for thought is something I want to explore a little with you today as well. So Eckhart Tolle... I can never Tolle. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last name. Boredom. We've we tried Toll. We've tried Tolle. Tolle. 
but I, it says Tale online. I don't know. But his quote is, boredom, anger, sadness, or fear are not yours, not personal. They are conditions of the human mind. They come and go. Nothing that comes and goes is you. I thought about this in relationship to the Enneagram. First, kind of how my seven structure really needs to be reminded of this. When negative emotions arise, I often feel like I'm destined to feel that way forever and I need to desperately escape or I'll become a sad person. So in that way, it was helpful to be reminded that feelings are not permanent. At the same time, I thought about all of the things that different types fear feeling, whether that's discomfort with your anger, um, fear, or shame. These are moments, right? Feelings that we can let pass through us instead of trying to control them or at times even over-identify with them. So that's just a little food for thought for today. Thank you all for joining me for another episode. I can't wait for tomorrow when we get to hear from a dear friend of mine and a treasure of a type nine. As always, it's such a joy to create this content for you and I will see you tomorrow. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.